Welcome back, everybody, to the Dusty Bender Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chance Watson, with you as always, Taylor Wells. Episode 115 coming at you folks today, recording on this beautiful July 13th, uh, Thursday afternoon. Uh, not too hot out there, Taylor, just just about right. No, but I forgot to water one of my indoor plants, so it's just sitting on my desk next to me. Just very sad. Just, so it was hot enough to melt that sucker. Just thirsty. Very thirsty. It's, it's one thirsty plant. <laughs> Thirstier than a, a weeb looking at anime. That's right. That's <laughs> that is correct. It looks like it looks like a weeb right now. Does it really? Maybe maybe that's where they got the name from. It looks like a fucking weed. Fucking walk. It's like a Toy Story. You walk in the room and he's and it's just fucking got anime playing in the background. Hell yeah, dude. Who the fuck turned this shit on? Oh, I. <laughs> it's funny because like my sister and my and and uh, uh, my brother-in-law are super into anime, mm. and so I've, I've been asking them a little bit. I'm trying to learn a little Japanese, so oh. I'm trying to, trying to figure out which ones I can use and, and watch the subtitles and shit. You know. Gotcha. That's been yeah. my fun. Gotcha. It's been. I got a buddy uh, in the Silver Valley. Shout out to Cameron. Uh, he is big into anime, and I tried. To, I w- I would definitely say that I'm a casual at best. Mm. Um, I've I've watched the this the easy stuff. We'll put it that way. Yeah. yeah. Do you count? Do you count like? Po- did you ever watch Digimon or Pokemon? No, that doesn't count as anime. Okay. I just are, that's that's those all are just I kid. Those are myself. just Japanese cartoons, right? Yeah, that's fair. Maybe gotcha. that's maybe that's a that's how they say you're supposed to learn a language, right? So maybe that's what I need to do. There you. Oh, there you go. I don't know. I need to. I usually watch the dub. If I was God, it's been a while since I've watched actual anime. Mm-hmm. I watched. Uh, there was when Netflix did that horrible cowboy bebop mm, adaptation yeah, i, I, I actually watched i watched the original i was like oh okay this, i can get into this and then i realized that not many of the others are really like it so right i kind of lost interest a little bit but you know what it was a good it was better than watching uh justified or scrubs for the nine billionth time oh, i haven't seen scrubs in a long time that might be maybe i need to go back through it definitely always a solid replay uh justified yeah. i've actually been re-watching because they're gonna they're what do you call it a reboot? It's not a reboot necessarily, but it's like a new show. Like it's based new character, just in a different place. Mm, mm. Interesting. Yeah, I have. I've never seen Justified, but I. Oh, you're missing. Out. I've heard it's good, actually. So maybe yeah. I'll jump on it. Definitely missing out on that. All right, folks. This is as promised going to be our draft episode. Primarily, we got we got a few things to talk about. Yeah. Um, like I needed an excuse to talk about the Red Wings or the Kraken, but sure. Uh, definitely have a little few things to talk about that, but primarily going to be the draft but first folks we've got a few sponsors to thank for helping us out and uh supporting our alcohol habits that's right as i swig a beer nice vitamin r right there uh first off folks we want to thank the hockey podcast network uh god did you shout out to uh what is it the quack attack or the quack podcast or something it sounds yeah, like quack, quack report i think quack is report it is. they're they're done they're they're calling it quits so yeah um that's yep. uh, cheers to our fallen comrades over there uh hey uh if this doesn't work out we can make a ducks podcast yeah that's what i need is to just be more infuriated <laughs> at the ducks oh, that's Lots good uh yes thank you to the hockey podcast network uh you guys do tremendous work check out all the all the uh wonderful shows that are in the network and uh, thanks to the our friends over there for providing us this opportunity to uh, talk to our wonderful audience members. Let's let's be honest; they're not all wonderful, but uh, we'd like to think so anyway. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, also, shout out to the Hub Tavern out in Spokane, Washington on Monroe. The Hub Tavern is Spokane's premier hockey bar, really the only one in my personal opinion, uh, on the Anchor Alliance, so officially affiliated with the Seattle Kraken. You go on in there and you can just say you're with the Hockey Podcast. I came in, heard the Hockey Podcast Network, I'm here now, and Dave will take care of you. They, they do it regardless, but because Dave and uh, Mona and all of them are just absolutely wonderful people, but they'll definitely take care of you if they, they said that you were came in from the show. Uh, they're actually really happy over there about Yamamoto Spokane boy coming on over. So, you know, you know, there's going to be a Kraken jersey hanging up in there. Here Fuck soon. yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, also, shout out to third line hockey tournaments, the draft tournaments. God, those guys are absolute beauties. Uh, I think we've got a Boise tournament here coming up very soon. So if you're in the Boise area and you're looking to have a great time and do a little play a little puck and wear some badass jerseys, check out third line hockey uh, draft tournaments. Uh, they've got a website. They'll list out all their tournaments that come all across the country. So uh, probably a tournament coming near you. So go to their website and check out their locations. Right on. Mm-hmm. All right, Taylor. The, uh, the it's draft time. This is your time to shine. This is this is the episode that we build up to basically put you in the driver's seat and show off all your knowledge. They, uh, fucking uh what's the one group that uh ep ringside they should mm. hire you they should just hire you yeah this is the one one episode a year that i get to actually be smart and it works out really well for me and all my prospects so always always yeah. okay so before we get into it because we already know we, we knew who was going number one before the draft even happened so not much of a surprise there of these people like of the first round picks before we even get into it, give me your number right now. Which, how many of these first round picks are gonna make the show? Oh, so what's what's awesome about twenty twenty three is there's a very good chance. I mean, you you get you get almost into the second round, and some of these guys can actually not you know you get towards the back end, and and some of them are gonna be more middle six forwards or you know uh, you know kind of top out at a second line D pair. Or potentially be a backup goalie. I, I don't think we even saw any goalies go in the first round, which this draft wasn't built for goalies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think if if I were to put you know out of thirty two, I would yep. say regular minutes we're going to see twenty five of these guys. That and that is a very very high number. That's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. That is. I mean, we've we've seen years where what only maybe like maybe the top three. Oh yeah. Be- become solid and then they're just done i think i mean you know <laughs> don't don't quote me on this shit jeez okay. chill out there um yeah don't quote me on this but i think more often than not you almost get to nine or ten and those are really the guys you see right sure. so you you kind of see the top 10 you know you're gonna have a miss here and there uh but i mean even dylan Strom was a third overall that uh, people don't even know who dylan Strom is right right but he you know is at least playing in the show he's kind of a, a good yeah. You know, a decent middle six guy, more of a third line center, but doing better yeah. than Philip Sedina anyway. Sure is. God, sure is. Damn it, not not to lead into the Red Wings already, but holy fuck. Yeah, but yeah. So I mean, you know, I mean, you think you think uh, another deep draft was twenty twenty one? Yes. All right, that was a pretty deep draft. So we saw guys like like Zegris is already you know kind of uh, 
doing that stuff and he was a ninth overall pick. So sure. I think that's that's pretty normal. Whereas this one, I mean, you could go you could go all the way to even potentially the Kraken's pick at twenty three. Mm-hmm. Uh, chalet, I think is how you say it. Ch- yeah, it's, it's, it's spelled it's like spelled sale. sale, but uh-huh. yeah, but uh, I think I think you could even you know with the right upbringing and training and stuff like that and, and just the progression for him uh, at, at, at 23 overall, there's a very good chance that he could play in the show for, uh, you know, at least five, six years. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Really good draft overall, especially really top heavy. I mean, guys that were inside the top 10 aren't really going to have any sort of issues with those picks. I don't think so. Uh, sure. Yeah. Really good one to be shitty. So, yeah, absolutely. So let's look at first overall pick was no surprise here. I, I don't think there was anybody like even the most edgy predictionists were not going to stray away from Connor Bedard going first overall. And, and he goes, uh, so, so much. So they were so confident about it that like usually at drafts, you know, you have the generic Jersey with just the year of the draft on it. Right. Already had Bedard's name and number on it. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, if, it would have been the surprise of the century if Blackhawks decided to go a different direction. So, to give you the opportunity to be edgy, is Connor Bedard worthy of this first pick? I think is the he only be the best in this draft. One hundred percent. I think okay. the only thing that is you know any sort of a question mark. If you want to be really fucking picky about this guy, he is five ten. Okay. Right. And so very, very rarely, you know, a lot more often now than it was, you know, back in the Marty St. Louis days. Sure. Right. Those those smaller guys definitely excel much more in this modern NHL. But that's more, being super more room to maneuver. Exactly. Exactly. It's all about speed. It's all about hands. It's all about, you know, uh, what you can do offensively. So, no, absolutely no concern with this guy. Is he going to be as good as McDavid? I don't think so. Personally, I, I know yeah, that's that's probably a hotter take than most people are going to have on that. I think it's just going to be hard to touch McDavid numbers. So it's really I, hard to. Yeah. yeah. What, what we were sitting here talking, well, I don't know. I think because the closest thing that I thought of but we haven't had was up until the draft, everybody was saying the same shit about Alexi Lafreniere. Yeah. Like th- this is the most comparable that I've seen. Like – how we're talking about Bedard, we were talking about Lafreniere. I think as we got closer to the draft, there was still, there was like this minor hesitancy about Lafreniere because they were talking about how he racked up all these points in the queue. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about junior hockey, it's, it's very easy to score goals in the queue. Yeah. Um, so there was some hesitancy there if he was going to be able to do well, but, but he went overall first by a landslide. Yeah. Do you see that issue here with Bedard? Not at all. And and the reason, I mean, if you remember correctly, even up until that draft, I mean, it was about the middle of the season we were starting to kind of slightly touch on Lafreniere on the podcast. I, I even had some, I had some hesitancy, right? Uh, should Quentin Byfield potentially go first overall over him? Quentin Byfield hasn't done much of anything either, but... I think you're just you're looking at different players. I think Lafreniere being a little bit of a bigger body, Bedard is clearly more talented when it comes to you know almost all facets of the game. So I'm not I'm not concerned about him at all. I think I think it's you know next year they they're gonna have to get some talent around him. But I mean a, a good thing that came up on Twitter was you know who would you rather build your 
uh, who would you rather build your franchise around, right? Cole Caulfield or Trevor Zegers, right? And you look at either of those two guys, and neither of those guys can will their shitty team to fucking victory, right? No. Connor Bedard has the potential to do that, right? And that's a that's a McDavid, that's a Crosby, that's a uh, you know e- even Ovi needs someone to pass him the puck, right? Uh, sure. I think I think, but I think Bedard is is one of those guys that's just going to be able to take over and and makes his line mates even better, right? I think. Uh, I don't think there's any concerns with this kid. So that is good to hear for Chicago Hawks fans. Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, I there might not be concern that he's going to be a bust, but Connor might be concerned himself because as I look at daily face off, and obviously you take it with a grain of salt, but uh, if his line mates are going to be Taylor Hall and Lucas Reichel, Reichel, uh, Reichel, yeah, Reichel, some asshole I've never heard of. Uh, boy, this is this still looks like a really bad team. Like they, they hurts. Chicago. We talked about in the last episode. Chicago made a lot of moves to like help a developing young team, but it's still a, this is still a really bad team. Oh, it's really bad. No, no, sh- no shade to Tyler Johnson. We this is a this is a Tyler Johnson stand podcast. Pacific Northwest boy, um, Spokane kid, but Tyler Johnson's not uh, like on on a on a Stanley cup com- competing team or even aspirations, you know, playoff aspirations, Johnson's probably a third line guy. Yeah. And he arguably will be playing, you know, first to second line minutes, uh, skating with Andreas Antonacino and Taylor Radish. Mm. <clears throat> Yummy. It's not good. It's not great. No, it's not good. And if you don't like that, just scroll down a little further and you'll see the defensive bearings. Dude, but they got Philip Ruse on there. Come on. Oh, Philip Ruse, man. Come on, man. Holy shit. That's what bad. a guy. That's bad. This is not good. I don't even know. I mean, Connor Murphy, but Connor Murphy's just a big body. Yeah, and so is Jared Tenorti. Tenorti's kind of a great guy. Okay. But who's, who's even playing goalie for them? Oh, oh, Peter. Oh, old reliable Peter Morazic. There you go. Peter Morazic going to get you... absolutely fucking shelled. <laughs> Do you need a goalie to backstop a rebuilding team? Look no further than Peter Morazic. Just shiny. I mean, that his, sounds that sounds like a good uh, commercial for it's Peter Morazic. It's on his business card. That's right. His agent, like his agent, gets calls. Like Boston calls up. Hey, what's Peter Peter doing right now? Ah, uh, he's not interested. Yeah, sorry, buddy. That's uh, it's not gonna fly. <laughs> You you actually might make the playoffs. We it's, my my client is not interested in that. Yeah, we're we're not really into the the. You know, we love rebuilding. So. We do <laughs> love that shit. But uh, it's how funny he, how he makes his money. That's right. It's funny. I want to I want to bring this up just because um, this is this is another prospect guy. But yeah. Lucas Reichel is actually pretty good. Okay. So you okay. didn't hear a lot of him. If you're if you were outside of Chicago, you probably don't even know who he is unless you're following you know the draft and stuff like that pretty closely sure. uh, pretty good line mate for him like it'll be interesting to see uh reichel had a good season he's played he played uh, i think he played mostly in the ahl last year correct me if i'm wrong here folks but um yeah so, something to keep an eye on because th- those two build any sort of chemistry i mean they might have one line that can score some goals so it's exciting then yeah yeah yes. and in, in worst case scenario you stick perry or, or felino up there sure and you'll at least get a grinder line of some kind that's right. Um, look, uh, it's it's this is still a team that is going to be competing for last place next year. But 
Connor Bedard does advance your rebuild by at least two years. Oh, hundred percent. You're not you're you're not going to be upset taking Connor Bedard and then sticking him on the very first line center. There's just there are teams that are currently in playoff contention, if not trying to win the Stanley Cup at the moment, that still are struggling with center depth. Hundred percent. So the fact that they've got their first line center for basically the next you know ten to fifteen years, uh, it's not a it's it, it's one it's a it's just a piece, but it's right. a good piece. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's move on to pick number two. The Anaheim Ducks. Also, did we talk about their just at the at the draft they revealed their amazing fucking eggplant jerseys? We didn't talk about it, but oh. there's there's been so it's funny oh. in the in the Anaheim Ducks oh. community there's been mixed reviews on it. What? Yeah, dude. Well, the only people who hate Ducks fans more are Ducks fans, so Yeah, that is true. You got that is true. I think that's the sole reason. Uh, shout out to the Quack Report. I think that's the sole reason they stopped doing podcasting. Just, is the is the jersey? They just they didn't want it. Everybody like it. everybody's like united in like every fan base hates another fan base, but Ducks fans just hate each it's, other. Just hate each other. I I I love and every team does this, but I love the proverbial uh, just group of Ducks fans every year that go. <laughs> this is it, boys. We're going to the wild card. Oh it's fuck! Like, it's like, dude. I mean. I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, I just I like I like being positive like that, but man, they're still they're still a little ways away. No, I look looking at this looking at this roster. I mean, do you? So okay, let's 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 not beat around the bush here. Uh, The Ducks a mild. This this is a lukewarm upset. Sure. But the Ducks go with Leo Carlson. Uh, Taylor, were you surprised by this? As a Ducks fan, were you happy about this? Does he fit in with this team? Give me your thoughts. I have some. I do have some thoughts on this. Okay. Um, right, right. I've warmed. I've warmed up to it a little bit more. He hasn't had a great camp, but he's probably fucking tired. I mean, he's played a shitload of hockey. Sure. Um, so I'll give him a little bit of a, a, a you know, leeway there. Dave My stuff does not him have him on the roster. And I don't think he is. I think yeah. he either comes over and plays in the AHL and they can see what he can do, right? Which is what they did with both Jamie Drysdale and Trevor Zegris. Mm-hmm. I think they they go that route or they send him back to the SHL because he definitely, word on the street, is he, he, needs, he needs to get a little quicker. So, yeah. um, I personally, I wanted Fantilli. I think Fantilli is exactly what the Ducks needed. He's a big body and he throws it around. Uh, he's a big goal scorer, which, you know, uh, they, they, every team needs goal scorers. And then, you know, there's only been two guys that have, have high, had a higher point per game in their draft year eligibility in the NCAA. Uh, Jack Eichel, I don't know if you've heard of him. And then Paul Correa. So, mm, interesting. Yeah, for me, it was, it, for me, it was just the obvious picket, too. Um, so, tell me. So, I'm, say I'm a Ducks fan and mm-hmm. you are the Ducks GM currently. But put, put yourself in their boots. And I said, why did you make this pick? Why would you go with Leo Carlson over Adam Adam Fantilli? Don't not your perspective. Pretend you're the GM. Why did you make this pick? If I'm actually the Ducks GM, mm-hmm. and he's kind he's kind of kind of said this already. Okay. They they went really hard on recency bias. Uh, so the World Championships, Leo Carlson definitely had a better World Championship for Sweden, uh, playing with Lucas Raymond. Uh, and I believe Bergeron actually too. So a couple a couple of wings guys. The future is bright in Detroit. Yeah, 
Uh, they and that that trio played really fucking good, and Leo and Carlson looked really good mm-hmm. with those two guys next to him. And uh, so I, I think that definitely played a role. So you know, obviously uh, there's that. And Fantilli was very vocal about wanting to be in Columbus. Like he he in a in an interview, and the interviewer did kind of direct him in that direction, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know what? What else is he going to say besides? Yeah, I'd love to be in Columbus, right? Um, what's What's that draft day like football movie? Uh, oh, do you know what I'm talking about? Isn't it just called Draft Day? Maybe something like that. Yeah, with Costner, um, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets they they pulled one of those. They they pulled a scene from that movie. They had like the little sticky note comes out, and it's just a picture like over the guy's hand, and it says, uh, "No matter what." Fantilli or something yeah. like that yeah so like it was like they had their heart on it set and i don't yeah. i don't know the backstory behind that like does he have ties to the area or yeah i mean um so just being in michigan right so he he really enjoyed his time at you mitch um Would you know make him a detroit guy yeah yeah but he there's no way he was gonna fall to ninth yeah. to ninth yeah so columbus okay yeah Col- columbus so columbus is right there right so michigan in ohio state kind of thing right sure so I, I think that did play a role. I think that you know yeah, the duck. Let's stay on Leo. We'll stay on Leo. So the reason we the reason that the Ducks went with Carlson in this situation is because they they've already had the Ducks have mm-hmm. had experience with a guy getting picked by the Ducks, Justin Schultz, and then playing out the rest of his college to not play for the Ducks. Right? We've seen that a couple times. There's been talk about Logan Cooley doing potentially doing that uh, for Arizona, but I think I think that was that was definitely uh, another thing that played a part. Um, I, I really like Carlson. I mean, he put up. I mean, in in uh, regular season and postseason in his in SHL in his draft year, there's only two guys that have put up more points combined over in the SHL in their draft year, and that was both the Sedins. Okay. So I mean, this this kid is is not a joke. I mean, he is he's a very good player, and I've said it multiple times. You know, I wouldn't hate if the Ducks cook Carlson here, but I'd rather have Fantilli. Sure. Um, so I, I think so in that bad pick, it's just not what you would have done. Right. Uh-huh. And it's not what a majority of Ducks fans or the, the hockey community would have done just with the, uh, just with the spotlight Fantilli had, right. You know, okay. being, being in the NCAA definitely helps instead of being in, in Sweden where we can't see him as much. Sure. So, uh, will he be as good as Fantilli? Um, I mean, that's, it's too early to tell. But I think I think another thing another thing that I like about Leo Carlson Your is gut that, tells you no. Yeah, my gut tells me no. I think Fantilli is going to have a better career in the long run. But uh, you know, there's a very good chance that Carlson can turn out like Tage Thompson, right? And and we're seeing how that's um, how that's coming out for for Buffalo, right? So sure, I, that's nothing to scoff at. Um, no. But so, yeah, look looking at this lineup for the Ducks right now. Um, I wouldn't say that you guys have centered depth, but you know, Trevor Zegris is obviously your number one center. Um, McTavish is nothing to balk at. He's not, you know, he's not going to light, light the world on fire, but he's, he's a center. Good second line center, man. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Leo Carlson comes in. Where, where does this guy fit on your chart? Uh, to be honest with you, Zegris moves to the wing. Really? Yep. Uh, he's always, kind of, there's always kind of been that question mark with him. But it just allows him to be less defensive, which is where he's at. He's a, you know, not saying Marner's bad at defense, but Marner Marner is there for a reason. He's there to score goals and and you know 
win hockey games. So sure. I think that just allows Trevor to kind of slide over and not have as much defensive re- responsibility, which the new coach says that he's going to work on him with anyways. But uh, and, and Carlson is very good defensively. He's actually better than Fantilli defensively. So that allows them to, to slide him over, put a big guy next to Trevor, and yeah, I, so I think I, I don't think he makes it this year. I think he plays either SHL or AHL. Um, if he's in the AHL, there's a good chance he gets a, a cup of coffee with the Ducks. But yeah, uh, you just yeah. I mean, there's there's a couple guys on this uh, forward group, especially that could easily lose a spot. So uh, sure. who knows? Well, the Ducks. I mean, it's you know they they made some off season acquisitions. Again, this is not a. I I will be I'll be optimistic. Well, it's. Re- op- realist and optimistic like i look at this lineup and i don't your head you're further along in your rebuild in chicago sure you know sure. like you're you're making progress it's not it's this team is you know they'll be lucky to sniff the wild card yeah but but you're not i don't think this is a last place team no no and which is better than what it was last year yeah 100 i mean it yeah. was dead last right so right. Yeah, I think that, you know, the additions of Kalorn and Gudas definitely helped the team. Yes. They just put some bigger bodies around. I mean, you know, Zegers is, is very good. There's always a lot of Zegers hate, but, it, you know, a lot of that has to do with NHL just putting his name on fucking everything. I think that it, it didn't help that the NHL wanted him to become the poster boy and then the Ducks immediately became the worst team in the league. Right. Um, it, it just kind of shows that, like, oh, this is a, a young pretty boy that is – popular right now with the youth let's let's fucking uh make the make him a goddamn celebrity uh because he doesn't have the personality of a fucking rock like the best player in the world sure and then they put him on the ice like christ there yeah yeah you had to be you had to be thinking he was getting a call from gary bettman every night now trava i need you to do at least a michigan today okay (laughs) all right there's nothing else going on in anaheim at the moment Oh, it's definitely a note from Kamish in his locker every time he had a game. Um, I, I think what actually makes this team better than it was last year, hopefully. I mean, you know, yeah. results obviously speak. Sure. Uh, new, new coach, Dallas Eakins is not a fucking hockey coach. Sure. Uh, he's not an NHL coach. I'm sorry. Let me let me rephrase he's that. He's, that's, he's that not a hockey coach. Mean. That's mean. Um, that's, that's bad. But, he, yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he had success at the AHL level, but that's that's it. He's just – he's not an NHL coach. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see what, um, you know, what the new coach can do with this lineup because, you know, they got they got some decent pieces. They're still not a wild card team. Let's no. not get crazy no, here. No, it's, it's – they'll so. be it's they'll be one of those teams that maybe has like that, you know, seven, eight-game run, and you're like, oh, will the Ducks do it? And then – And, then and, not, nope. and yeah. then not do that. Yeah. Um, no, I see that. And and that's that's true. Like this team is they've added pieces. It's stronger than it was last year, but you're still hurting. Your depth is non-existent. Um, the defense is a liability. So young. Um, so and, young. And if if Gibby is still there, you've got a goalie who's 100 percent not invested in this team. Yeah. Yeah. There's you a know, good chance they're going to be a top 10 pick again next year. So if and that's if you're keeping John Gibson, you know, right. like if if the Ducks just because I understand the situation they're in, they don't want to give him away for nothing. And I do think John Gibson is currently underrated. Yeah, um, because there's a lot. Well, obviously, GMs want to underrate him because they don't want to give away. But right. John Gibson could be the absolute steal of the century because that guy is really good if he's on a team and properly motivated and has a good fucking coach. <clears throat> Correct. Yeah, correct. So. 
Um, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, Gibby's back there. Is he, is he good? Yes, absolutely. I don't think there's any question about that. Is he going to be good for this team? He has zero motivation to be good. No, there's this team. no point. So he, that this could be another rough year. And, and if you do end up trading Gibby, the odds of the ducks adding in a suitable goalie to replace him are slim to none. Most yeah. likely what, Am I wrong in thinking that you're you're probably going to be getting Lucas? Yeah, unless they like who's who's on the wire. Like you're going to sign Martin Jones. Uh, it's one of the names that I've floated just bullshitting with people about. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I I definitely like if they, they there was talk that they were in the running for a debris cat, which we'll get to in a little bit. Okay. Um, I saw that as a potential, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ottawa could use attendee, you know, sure. Corpus, Corpus Allo is, is going to be okay <clears throat> for them. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's who knows, you know, something's got to come. That's uh, Tristan Jari was being thrown around as a potential, you know, comebacker. Sure. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's because uh, the young kid that they have, they have a couple really good, really nice young goalies now that they just drafted a, a one in the second round as well. They're just, they're not ready, you know, um, and you don't want them to just get fucking shelled. Like Gibson's been getting shelled for a lot of his fucking career. So, right. Yeah. Right. Unfortunately, it hasn't, it's been getting worse, not better. Right. So, all right. Moving on. Nat number three, the Adam Fantilli sweepstakes are over. He goes to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, am I, am I stepping overboard a little bit when I say that the Blue Jackets might be okay next year? They're gonna be a lot better, and they. But but here's my thing: in the East, I just don't know if it even gets them. Oh no! There. Oh no! That's you know? that's not what it, I. But is are they now in the convers with a healthy squad, with a Mike Babcock behind the bench and a more motivated look? We we've seen Elvis and Lincoln's play well, right? Okay, he's had a he had a bad year last year with an AHL defense. Correct. Like yeah. it was bad. I look at this roster now, and by the way, they have Adam Fantelli slated in on the second line. Mm. Okay. Like they've got him walking right onto the team. Um, give me, give, give me for those who don't know. Let give me a rundown. Adam Fantilli. Adam Fantilli is, I mean, his game is a lot like Jack Eichel. Right, and I we already kind of briefly said it. Yep. The, it's Hobie Baker winner in his draft year as well. That's just it's very similar. Like their games are very very similar. Um, so there's there's no doubt in my mind that he can come in, especially on a Columbus team where it's he's gonna be. I think that second line center spot is not a bad spot for him to be. Sure. And I think by the end of the year uh-huh. he's probably the number one center. Right. Wow. If he if he doesn't end up going to back to Michigan, which there's been a little bit of talk of, but I don't I think he's I think he's a he's a uh, full time guy. So. I would agree. I think that the, this team is and actually let me let me tee you up again. Um, Adam Fantilli is coming onto a Columbus squad that you have praised very much for its youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've Tell been drafting really well. Who who's the supporting cast going to be around Fantilli here that you that you like? My guy is Kent Johnson. <clears throat> Yeah. I think I think Ken Johnson you're going to see if if Fantilli and Johnson the way that these lines are shaken out on dailyfaceoff.com if they shake out like that and Fantilli and Kent Johnson have any sort of chemistry 
there's a good chance that those two guys could, by the end of the year, almost be better than Patrick Laine and Goudreau, right? There's a good chance that we can see their numbers be even better because those two are fucking sick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kent Johnson's just a little more silky. He's kind of got, you know, the the hands and the passing and uh, can can bury the puck too. And then Fantilli's going to go into the fucking corners, get that puck and, and, you know, either walk out front and fucking shoot it or get it to Kent Johnson. So I just, yeah. Devin Lewis coming on the show. Devin, what do you think about Adam Fantilli? Uh, he's a beast. That's all I gotta say. All... <laughs> there you go. He's not wrong. I would, I would have taken him at two. Ooh, hey. agreeing with Taylor Wells here oh. over Leo Carlson. Gosh, what a guy! Like I think I told you last week. Very, very Larkin-esque type player. Ooh, yeah. a Larkin comparison. There you go. That's not a bad comparison either. Okay, I like that. Definitely. Uh, Devin, while we have you on the show real quick, uh, your thoughts on St. Louis's pick at number 10? Um, uh, hold on. I, I'm getting to work, Call. I gotta go. Okay, see you later, Dev. Mm. Alright, that was uh, friend of the show, Devin Lewis. Uh, St. Louis Blues resident expert. Sure. Yes. Uh, so, Adam Fantilli, uh, coming on to this team, we've got, you know, I, is this team, you know, wild card bound? No. No. I think even in a normal East, I think this team is not wild card bound. But it's like, it, it you know, similar. I think, I think I would say that they're, it, you know, for different reasons along the same path of the Ducks in the sense of like their terms of their rebuild. Progress, man. Yeah. Progress. Yep. Uh, Do you think Babcock works well with these? Like, this is a young, promising team. Okay. This is not, this is not a team where like we got to develop people in the AHL. Like you've got young guys that have raw talent that just kind of need some direction and maybe, maybe some vets supporting cast, so to speak. You think Babs is going to be the guy to do that? I mean, I hope so for the sake of Columbus fans and Fantilli and Kent Johnson. Right, because uh, you can you can easily ruin their careers with a guy like Babcock, unfortunately. But I I do think I mean he's going to bring structure to this team, which they just did not have the last couple years. Right, mm-hmm. so uh, I love the Damon Severson signing. Provorov's meh, um, but I think overall, right, you know, yeah. uh, I I think even even looking at these D pairings right here, uh, I think there's a very good chance you see either Adam Boakfist or Andrew Peak get replaced by uh, David Juracek, which is another guy that they drafted, okay. I, I believe, last year, okay. uh, who could easily step into a, a role like this and uh, is good two-way D. <clears> so <throat> uh, it's definitely a better team. I just think in a stacked East, yeah. it's going to be super competitive. So Agreed. Oh, I, don't know if the, I don't know if they'll be able to. There's still definitely ticket. holes on this team. You know, if, if Boone Jenner is your number one center, that's your vet rock. That yeah. should be more of like your second, third. Yep. Um, so I do agree with you that Fantelli could maybe bump up a little bit if he wanted to, if he doesn't, you know, hit it off right away with Johnson. Right. Um, I, but I, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, we still, we, I'm, I'm still, you know, me, I fade Patrick Lane pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, him and his neck beard. Johnny Gaudreau hasn't really shown too much enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say, I, you could say that the raw skill is there still, but. He just has, you know, he's not a guy that's going to drag this team, this team kicking and screaming into the playoffs. Um, so you're looking at guys like Johnson and Fantilli, and I, you know, Kirill Marchenko is 
not bad. Pretty solid. I mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mind that guy. Um, even Jack Rosovic impresses me from time to time. Okay. So we'll see. I it, I think I think the offense is a bit more optimistic than the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, defense is still, you know, at the end of the day, your only good defenseman is Zach Wierenski. Agreed. You know, Agreed. like if if we're being real nice, Ivan Provorov is reliable. Sure. Uh, Severson is reliable, but they're not game changers. Yeah, I think Provorov under mm-hmm. Mike Babcock's system is is actually a decent pickup for them. I just they gave up way too much for Provorov, but sure. Yeah, no, I think I think the the D is definitely still the question mark, but I think you're going to see a better season from Merzlikens obviously with a better defenseman defense in front of him. I, I think I, you're going to see back on that. Yeah, 100%. I think I think where where you can really highlight on this team is these six guys, right? Yep. If Roslovic and Sillinger can kind of uh, you know, really get it together, you know, maybe like look out, but I think you know the, that bottom six is looking looking a little scary. So. Definitely, yeah. That's not it's they're not there yet. But uh, in terms of you know, in terms of a quick rebuild, this isn't you know fucking Yarmo Kekalainen. He's might be one of my favorite GMs in the league. No, oh, I love him for that one year. He just went balls to the wall. Yeah. Well, and even then though, you know, he still fucking just goes for it. You know. Yeah. Like picking up Johnny Gaudreau is did it meet like a time frame really? No, but yeah. fuck man, that that generates excitement and that keeps you alive. And if you know somehow the magic is there and just everything comes together, Johnny Gaudreau is going to be a vital piece of that. So yeah, yeah, I, I like where this team is headed. It's definitely still in a rebuild, but it's they're going to be there. I think they're further ahead than a lot of teams that are going through rebuilds, and I think they're doing it much quicker. Yeah, I, th- I think to. Just double back as my last point. I think they're actually further ahead than the Ducks. So okay. I think I, I, I like the the Patrick Line Goudreau. You know, you just kind of put some younger players around them and yep. fuck, man. You never know. That's basically what they have because they didn't really pick up anybody. I mean, Damon Severson was their big offseason move. So Right. Well, on Prover, I've got a lot of attention, but for all yeah. the right reasons. Right. Exactly. Everybody cares more about his off-ice crap. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as an on-ice player, I think... I think people either overrate or underrate Provorov. I think Provorov is a serviceable, fine defenseman. Oh, he's just right where he needs to be now. He's not, a right. second he's, second D pairing. He is not elite. He nope. is not a top line, but he's also not trash. You know, sure. like he's sure. not a, he's not bad either. He is perfectly serviceable, a BB plus defenseman. Yep, hundred percent. Cool. All right, moving on. The unfortunate soul. That got to go to the San Jose Sharks at number four. Taylor, tell me about Will Smith. Will Smith, his walk-up song was a Will Smith song, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, was he? Yeah. Is he from West Philadelphia? Born and raised. <laughs> he is. In the playground where he spent most of his days. Yes, he's just chilling, chilling, relaxing. <laughs> um, no, have to, change, have to change the song there for playing hockey instead of playing yeah. basketball. That's right. Um, that was a great pick for the Sharks. There was yeah. there was talk throughout the year just because of the way that uh, that line played. So I believe it was Will Smith. Uh, let me go. Let me just scroll down real quick. I think it was Ryan Leonard, and then oh, who was the other one? Oh, got to dig real deep on this one. Dig on that one. It wasn't more uh, Gabe Perot. Okay. Um, 
So that line was really good, and they had a really <clears> good <throat> season. They they all just clicked, played really well together. I think individually, Will Smith is clearly the better player of those three, and obviously has a center position. Um, it's a good pick for the Sharks. I I really like I like this pick. I think you know any other year he's probably a top three pick, but they just you know they, it was just stacked. So yeah, give me a, give me a comparable. Oh, comparable to Will Smith. That's a tough one. I, I think I think you know you don't you don't want to compare him to Crosby, but I think the the way he plays and thinks the game is is pretty similar. Uh, okay. Really, just really talented, really you know pass first guy for the most part. But he's not up to the level of Crosby, obviously. But he's sure. he's kind of got that that skill set. It's a, kind of a the, poor man's Crosby. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think I think you could probably you know look at kind of the Jack Hughes area. I think okay. he's he's definitely got some high end skill like that. But those two guys, if he lives anywhere close to Jack Hughes or Crosby, uh, it's going to be a huge win for San Jose. So I think he's a step below those two guys, but that's that's kind of the you know the vibe you can get from his game. He's kind of a, a little bit a little slender, but that offensive first mindset, right? That's what he sure. that's what he thrives on. So sure. uh, yeah, great pick by the Sharks. Awesome. Uh, the Sharks will, boy, I'd bet my left nut that they do not want him anywhere near this team next year. No, keep him in the keep. I think he's going. I don't think he's going to Michigan. He's going. He's playing NCAA though. Okay. Um, Boston, maybe, but yeah, yeah keep him in there for a year or two at least. There is, there is literally no reason to put him on this roster God, at the it's moment. Terrible. Uh, we'll we'll get into we'll save San Jose's roster for later when we talk about Zadina. But yeah. uh, oh my God, I they might be the worst team in the league. Yeah, they're not going to be very good. They're like Chicago, and them are going to be. Oh my God, it's so bad. It's yeah. like they're this team is designed to be bad. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on. Pick number five: the Montreal Canadiens. Tell yes. me a little bit about David Reinbacher. Yes. Oh, nice. Look at you go. Thank you. Yeah, that's pretty good. The, um, the, the first, in fact, weren't the all everybody up to this point has been a been a center. David's a defenseman. Yes, which we've talked about it. You get centers D in the draft, right? That's just mm-hmm. that's what you do. Mm-hmm. This this guy there was there was a couple mocks. There was a couple rankings that had him a lot lower. And so I was I was very hopeful that the he would somehow magically fall to the Kraken, uh, but it's just there's five is five is right the, for it. The dude. word got out on him. Yeah, it, it, I, people underestimating the these big right shot defensemen. Mm-hmm. There's just there was no way he was falling to falling to twenty three to the Kraken. So uh, yeah, really really good pickup for Montreal. I think they've they've added some good young forwards, right? So I mean, obviously Suzuki, Caulfield, those kind of names. Sure. Um, you know, they they brought in oh the guy from Chicago. Uh, Are we Doc. Yep, Doc. There you go. Um, they just they have some they have some good pieces up front, but what they really obviously need is is some D, right? So this was a great pick for Montreal. I know a lot of the Canadians fans were there was Canadians fans jumping in this kid's DM. And basically telling him to go fuck himself and kill what? himself. Oh, dude, you didn't see this shit? Uh-uh. Oh, it was terrible, dude. It was terrible. Okay, well, Canadians fans are miserable pricks, so. Yeah, like calling him a fucking Nazi and shit. He's German. So calling him a fucking Nazi and shit, it's like, oh, Check my God, dude. fucking poutine hole. Yes. Fuck. Thank you. The kid literally had nothing to do with this pick. Do that to, to the Canadians GM or the president. Like, what are we doing here? Let's be honest. So, he's not gonna, he's, and, and this is another shark situation where they don't want him anywhere near this team. 
No. Um, like no. I'm looking at this roster right now. I it when your best defenseman currently is I, I can't. It, it's a tie between Michael Matheson and David Savard. Those are your yeah. best defensemen. Let me throw another name at you real quick. Okay. Let me pull this up. Um, Arbor Yakaj. Okay. Uh, and and Caden Gooley is actually pretty damn good too. So I mean, you know, they they do have some good D prospects, but there there wasn't another kid in this draft that had the size and the you know skill poten- the potential of this kid. So. Yeah, this was a this is a great pick. This is exactly what the or this is what it, the Canadians needed. There's just no excuse, you know, for fans to do that kind of shit no. in general, but especially for a good pick, you know. So yeah, I really like this pick. I think he's he, he's gonna be good. He's not yeah. he's not Mo Cider. Don't you know? No, it's hard to hard to be Mo Cider. You can't find a Mo Cider. You can't yeah. find a Mo Cider. But you know, with <clears throat> with Caden Gooley with. Uh, they call him Wi-Fi because his last name's so hard to fucking say. Is the sure. Yukash or whatever? Um, they're starting to put together a little bit of a decor in the younger ranks. So yeah, it's a great pick by Canadians. Need defense to build out, but it will. Um, to to put all my thoughts on that succinctly, um, he's probably not going to touch the ice as long as Jake Allen and Sam Montembeau are your goalies. That's a hundred percent correct. That is as long as your goalies are those two gentlemen. Uh, you are not going to be taken seriously. No, it's just, uh, he will. It's brutal. He will be having lots of off ice sessions with Susan, though. Yeah, Susan. Susan for sure will take this kid under her wing, and it'll be great. Susan Allen is going to build this kid's confidence, unlike she. Somebody, look, don't be like my son. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can be better than you him. can be better. I promise. Mm-hmm. I'll take care of you. Yeah, no, this is it was a great pick by by the Canadians. So, cool, perfect, love it. All right, going down to another unfortunate soul, Dmitry Simashev. Simashev, yep. All right, Simashev going to the Arizona Coyotes to to live yeah. out his days in hockey obscurity. That's right. Good for him. It's it's uh, nice down there in the winter. I'm sure it's. I'm sure he'll love the weather, yeah. but uh, like it's, it is so hard for me. Like I want to ask you about this guy, and I want you to tell me a little bit about him. But like it's so hard to even just talk. Like we, it's so hard to talk about the future of the Coyotes. Like yeah, it's so hard just... to sit here and be like, oh, are they building a team? What are they trying to do? Like, you know, they were trying. I was reading that they were trying to make a run at Matt Dumba really hard. Yeah, it's like why? Because you gotta have you gotta hit the floor, dude. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, you see some of the contracts that they were giving out this year. They were just, they're just trying to hit the floor. Boy, they were giving some money to. Oh people. yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. Um, yeah, Simashev, man. Uh, this was a bit out of left field. In my opinion, if you're the Coyotes, take a fucking chance with Mitchkoff. I don't, you know, you're not going to be good for another fucking three years, anyways. You might as well just take the chance with this kid. Yep. You know, but what the, what the Coyotes do have is a good stable of, of young guys, right? Dylan Gunther, just uh, you know, for uh, the Thunderbirds, right? Sure. Really, really good player. Um, they have Cooley. him slotted in on the on there. Yeah, there's a good chance that he does he does pop up into the NHL next year. Uh, Cooley is really good. Clayton Keller, you know, they they really do have some some good young forwards, and so maybe that's the decision there. But uh, Simashev is is you know he's no slouch. He's he's not Ryan Bacher. 
Um, he's a left shot D, but about the same size. So, you know, bigger, bigger guy, which is obviously good in today's NHL. But yeah, so this was a bit out of left field. I think in my opinion, it's, it's very similar. You know, they kind of got in their own heads and said, well, you know, who knows if Mishkov's going to come over ever. Right. Sure. Uh, but I does, think that... does he become one of, if not the best defenseman on the Coyotes currently? Um, maybe in a few years. Okay. I, I really liked what I saw out of Valimaki this year. I think okay. I think that kid's gonna probably be their their top defenseman for the yeah. next okay. four or five years. Not um, Moser or Soderstrom. I do like Moser. I think Soderstrom is kind of more of a. So Soderstrom is very much a fucking Ivan Provorov. Okay. That's what he is. He's he's got some offensive talent, but he's just fully two way two way D. Sure. Um, I think Val Mackey has has some potential there. But yeah, so I mean, this kid, you know, you give him another year. Um, I think he's very similar to Mitchkoff. I think I think he I don't think he signed a long term contract, so he can come over a little earlier. And so, but yeah, uh, not not a bad pick by Arizona. I mean, I think they needed some D prospects based on their system, so not a terrible pick. They also need a new arena. Yeah, they need a lot of things. They need. <laughs> they need some fucking that poor life fucking support. Team, I swear, they just can't catch a break. While we're on the Coyotes, that shit with uh, the, the the only piece of breaking news we have for this show, Galchenyak Jr. Yeah, uh, sign him on what ten days ago. Yeah, he's already contract has been bought out. Yeah, I didn't love what they saw. Uh, apparently, he was arrested by Glendale Police. Oh, well, that doesn't fucking surprise me. Uh, evading, refu- uh, uh, refusing orders, evading property damage, aggravated assault, fun stuff. Hmm. Hmm. Good. Got, guy got his payday and he's like, fuck it. Partying. I'm fucking getting hammered at goddamn Glendale. Good for him, man. Good for Glen- him. Glen- and Glendale's the worst place to party. I don't know why. Like, what's he? what's he doing out there? He doesn't know. He was just learning. He's getting laid of land. No, he thought he was with the he was with the Coyotes for like a year or two, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, he knows maybe what he's, he's doing. He fucked up. Maybe he's got a dive bar in Glendale that he likes. Yeah, that's all there is out there. It's oh, you know what? That it, there was a typo. It like, he wasn't a charged with aggravated assault. He was drinking at the aggravated assault. Good God! You have, <laughs> you remember that we at, at, in Glendale the aggravated assault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a local so watering hole. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty nice one. Yeah, it's great. You walk in, everybody knows your name. Yeah, one of one of those real character bars. Yeah, for sure. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh shit! All right, um, moving on. Uh, this is probably this was actually for for as deep of talent that we had in this draft. There wasn't much drama. Right. Uh, pretty everybody kind of went where they went, or at least where you thought they might go. Um, Michikov was probably the biggest piece of drama here. Sure. Good because it could have, you know, he could have been in the top three, or he could have dropped out at the top ten. You know, yeah. like it was. It's all over this place because the the there's no denying the talent, right? Yeah. So it's not about the talent. It's about getting this kid over here. He's got a contract in the KHL for, what, another three years? Yeah. Two, three years, something like that. So, yeah, he just, he just signed it. So he's okay. he played out this year, and then he's got three more years. So three more years in the KHL, not to mention all the, you know, the outside political factors of getting Russian players. Sure. So very possible that this kid never plays in the NHL. There's a very 
there's a, I wouldn't say reasonable. There's a reasonable chance he doesn't play. So you roll the dice and the Philadelphia Flyers at number seven, roll the dice because apparently they met with this kid and he absolutely fucking crushed his interview and loved Philadelphia. Yes. Fell in love with the city. Um, I mean, everybody makes mistakes, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not on him. He doesn't know. Yeah. It's, I mean, anything looks better than fucking Russia, Russia. We're, you're about to say a city, but it doesn't matter what city you can. Yeah, name I, I definitely. Petersburg, Moscow, it doesn't matter. Name any city. Yeah. Philly is better than it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So fair. That's it's understandable. He's like, oh, this is America. Look at all tall buildings. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> oh shit! This, this fire hydrant. What's this Ooh. for? <laughs> Big this, bomb. <laughs> this this for waterboarding capitalists? Yes. No. Capitalist socials. <laughs> Normally, we use it just for putting out fires. But you it could fi- be. You have fire service? <laughs> this truly is land of opportunity. Yeah, he loves it there. Really does. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. The, Mich- Mishkov was, was interesting. You're right. They, they had him everywhere on fucking draft boards and shit. Mm-hmm. But in reality, right, he... I mean, there's a good chance that he's going he's gonna to actually make it over here at some point or another. Okay. And he is it for me it goes Connor Bedard, Mitchkoff, Fantilli. Unless he gets drafted again. Yeah. In into the Red Army. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, comrade. You've been drafted. What, what position did I go? Uh gunner. Yeah. Uh, it's, it could happen. Line gunner. That's it could happen, man. You will you will hold World War Two rifle. I mean, you think poutine is going to fucking stop these kids? Like, come on. You know. No, probably not. Yeah. No, I. but I think, you know, so so you might as well take a chance. Philly, yeah. Philly's going to be bad, dude. It's just they don't they, – they have a couple good guys in the in the cupboards, but, you know, why not take a chance on, on arguably not, the second best player in this draft? You're not looking for a guy that's going to walk on and start turning this team around next year. Right, 100%. It's just not going to happen. Like, Philly is definitely in. I, Well, to be honest, I don't know what Philly's still trying to do. I don't like, either. You look at this roster, like, they, they kind of, like, Danny Briere, I, I, he started out looking like he wanted to tear it down and start the rebuild, but then he stopped. I don't think he wanted to go scorched earth, which I, okay. I can respect that. I can yeah, totally little, respect little, that. Some controlled burn. Right. So, you know. Get a team that, you know, torts with with guys that just want to play fucking defensive hockey anyways. Sure. They can at least, you know, have a subpar fucking team for the next three years while Mitchkoff is in the KHL. Fair, fair. So, well, we know they're going to be trapped when, you know, when they pick up Garnet. You see the video with Garnet Hathaway? No. I literally, I probably have any, him oh. and anything blocked. Somebody got fucking, somebody's getting, if they didn't already get fired, somebody's getting fired. Garnet Hathaway was in an interview uh, recently, and they, like, I, I didn't watch the full thing, but, like, this reporter asked him, like, the same, they were trying to con an answer out of him about, like, how bad is Philly going to be this year? Mm. And he literally, during a live interview, he's like, how many times are you going to ask this fucking question? Okay, I like that. <laughs> That's, uh, he, he gained one point. He's down to negative 99. Right. How many times are you gonna ask this fucking question? Seriously. That's oh, ridiculous. he just fucked no no bullshit whatsoever. 
Oh, it was great. And then, and then the Philly, the the Flyers had to come out with a statement. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, we we respect members of the media. Okay. All right, bro. Yeah, as somebody who was in the media, they can be fucking vultures. Ugh. The, I, the, the line, especially nowadays, the line between journalist and paparazzi is very thin. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. So, in any case, um, yeah, I, I look at this. So, obviously, he's not coming into this lineup uh, for quite a while, you know, at at least three years. So yeah, for sure. Um, if not more. So I, it doesn't it really no point to go into Philly's lineup and talk about his place there because he's just not coming. So yeah, yep. um, nothing there. And we already kind of hit on the fact that Philly is rebuild mode for sure. Yeah. Mark, Mark Stahl is your second line defensive center. That's good. That's a healthy defense. That's got to feel good, right? Like, that is a healthy defensive core. It's uh, nice. Then, it's nice to give back, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, there's there's guys that just you know it's either this or the the soup line. Right? He went so. to he went he went he just got he's just getting back from the Stanley Cup final and now back to back to being traffic cone stall. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think and and also not to add insult to injury here, but it does sound like Carter Hart is either on the chopping block or wants out of there. So yeah, uh, which I mean. Yeah, he he is a very good goalie. He just, yeah, he goes to a team that is right along the cusp. Uh, think Buffalo. Yep. Right. You think of a team like that, and and who knows what he could do. So. Yep. I agree. Yeah. All right, moving on. Pick eight. Washington Capitals pick up Ryan Leonard. Let's Can do a little rap. Out? Let's let's do a little rapid fire with eight through eleven. How about that? Okay. Well, I'm gonna stop on the Red Wings, but. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, okay. I, how about how about we just we do rapid fire on the ones we just don't give a flying fuck about. Okay, eight, ten, and eleven. Okay. Uh, uh, Caps. Yeah. What do you got, Ryan Leonard? Ryan Leonard's just big body. Okay. He, he just he kind of grinds for the top line. That's what he does. Okay. Is he gonna play? Um, no. Uh, he'll he'll probably do a year in college and then potentially go to the Capitals. That's uh, kind of closer to a rebuild. So. Sounds good to me. Yep. Number nine, the Detroit Red Wings pick up Nate. Danielson, I want your thoughts on this because this was another uh, supposed Iserman Galaxy Brain move. Yeah, I think I think there was better players on the board than Nate Danielson. Uh, good good year in Brandon. I think he's he he kind of probably tops out at a very you know more or less low end second to third line center role. Middle six guy. Okay. Middle six guy, but I think I think that you know they they. They probably need that. I think they, they have some good talent, especially bringing in to bring cat, which we'll get to still, I think. Um, you know, you, you need those kind of guys to, to win championships. So I, I don't hate this pick. I think a lot of people were really kind of hard on Detroit, especially with their next pick. It really fucking makes this pick seem a lot better. Sure. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't hate it. It's just a middle, middle six center, you know, yeah. second, third line center. That's it. Some were saying a safe bet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more along the lines of I, I think I think with Iserman, culture is really big to him. Yeah, like if, if you're he will literally forego like raw talent if you're an asshole. Sure. And I th- it it just seems like he is really invested in building the culture of this team and making it really positive, good guys in the locker room. Yeah. And that it seemed like that was like one of the big like Nate Dan he was the captain of Brandon, correct? Yes, I believe yeah, so. It sounds right. And he was the words that I were hearing was like best guy on a bad team mm-hmm. kind of thing. So um, I'm pretty happy with it. It seems like it's not going to move the needle. I wish they would have done something else. Yeah. 
I don't necessarily, and I, I can't sit here and talk too much shit because I don't necessarily have an answer for you on what I would have wanted them to do. Oh, Zach Benson, bro. Oh yeah. my god, he's gonna be a fucking stud. Probably, which dropped pretty far, too. He dropped pretty far. Um, so we'll get there. But yeah, I, I don't, it's a safe pick, and it sounds like he's a nice guy. So, mm. can't hurt it. Uh, from what I've, my research, it is not sent, he will most likely not play next year. So No, he won't. He needs, he needs probably two, three more years of seasoning. There you go. Number 10, the St. Louis Blues pick up some guy named Dalbor Dvorsky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw me, one, I saw one funny... One funny meme on Twitter about this guy. Uh, uh, this is this is what the guys in Letterkenny and Shorzy, uh, Dvorsky is is when two parents get divorced. Uh, so that's that's the that's your fun for the day. That is pretty good. I like that a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Not, not a bad player. This again, honestly, to me, even lower than Danielson. I mean, yeah. I think I think that's a very he's he probably tops out of the third line center role. Uh, big bigger guy, but tenth overall? No, that's it's he went way too high. I just I don't. He's probably a a, a good third line center in the league. You know he he'll probably make the league, but uh, third line center guy to go is more of a reach. But sure, sure, yeah. All right, number eleven, Vancouver Canucks pick up Tom Willander. Oh, this is this is the guy. I think I texted you during the draft and said this is the guy mm-hmm. I was hoping would drop to the Kraken. I think he, you know, fit more in that range. Those global guys, man. Yeah, just Sweden. Sweden program. Sweden with D especially is just fucking phenomenal. Yeah, Yeah, they're phenomenal. So, yeah, uh, big big defender. Canucks need some some help, especially on the back end. Damn. So I I really like this pick. I think Tom Wallander is is he definitely leans more towards the defensive side of things, right? He's 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 got a little bit of, um, you know, he's got a little bit of that offensive side, but you know, you got to take a chance. So, um, yeah, I I liked it. I really liked it for for the Canucks. So not a bad pick. I could see with how poorly Vancouver is managed currently that he actually finds his way on into playing some games. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, especially with them buying out, um, what's his tits? Oh, uh, uh, Ekman Larson. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, I could easily see him on on that team. So, um, yeah, I, it's really, really was a nice pick by uh, Canucks, who haven't done anything that great except for this pick. So, I'm signing Carson Susie. Sure, sure. Yep. Yeah. All right, moving on. Coyotes. Uh, Danny Daniel, but Daniel but Daniel ass. Dano Dano no buts no buts. Um, do we care? Um, it's not who I would have gone with. Okay, I think the very next guy is and the next two guys. Sure, you could have easily felt better about the pick. Uh, but but Daniel but is is I mean he's a, he's a good little winger so. Not a terrible pick. I think it's just it's another one that I think the Coyotes just kind of they had two first rounders in a super deep draft, and so I think they went more with you know what does our team look like in four years, mm. and this guy fits that roster, right? Yeah, there's no reason to try to be good now, right? So I mean, you know, maybe they thought they didn't need Zach Benson on the wing mm. in a year or two, right? Mm. Uh, so they you know Daniel Bud is no joke, but he. He definitely is a middle six guy, whereas Zach Benson could have easily played 
you know, maybe not next year, but the year after, he, Zach Benson could easily be playing with Keller and, and Schmaltzy. And he, he's just that good. And, and uh, uh, who's, the, who's the young kid that was kind of getting some recognition towards the end of the year as, as a Calder candidate? Uh, Machiavelli? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you know, you throw Zach Benson with, with a guy like Machiavelli or any, you know, either Keller or Schmaltz, uh, that's a nice little top four, especially with, you know, Cooley and, and Gunther coming through. So, but I think, I think that's why, because they have some of those guys that aren't quite there yet. I think that's why they went with Butt, who is a little more defensive. Okay. Right? Uh, yeah. So not a terrible pick. I just I, – there was better options. But Sure. Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. So moving on, Buffalo, Zach Benson. Yeah. Zach Benson is uh, – he's more of a passer, but, man, he's going to be a fucking stud. Really high on this guy. Yeah. I I honestly – I think this is – this is a guy. So uh, you've seen me. You've seen me pull it up a couple times. I, I really go to Dobber Prospects. I think um, Byron Bader is is very smart when it comes to this stuff. I think one of you know his models are pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think you know especially with the American leagues. I think you know you look at WHL and OHL yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and and Zach Benson was really high on his list, and he really he can predict some of these like you know higher end forwards and stuff like that so quick shout out to them but yeah i think i think zach benson a little bit smaller guy but going to buffalo buffalo is just stock in the cabinets man i mean this team you know is up there with with the with the columbus prospect pools um you know some of those some of those top prospect pools they're compared in their rebuild to like they're neck and neck with ottawa and the red wings basically they're like uh, they're on that timeline yeah, yep, yeah, I completely agree, and I think I think you could see you could see Zach Benson maybe not next year, but I definitely think he, you know, is is uh, the season after that he could step in and play on a third line role and bring them some offense from that third line that is just hard to come by. So, yeah, kid, kid's really good even for being you know five ten, which we just saw the number one overall was five ten. So, mm-hmm. man, looking looking at this. Buffalo roster. I'm starting to really like it. I think the only question mark, good. the only big question mark I've got is Devin Levi. Yeah, which he played really good down the stretch for them. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, it's it, he's probably not going to have that as good of a season next year because he's going to get the full workload. But mm-hmm. uh, that's probably their goalie of the future. So uh, if they just switch over to the bullhead jerseys. They'll probably win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, if they do it tomorrow, they're going to win this year. That's correct. So I think so. <laughs> 14, Pittsburgh Penguins pick up Braden Yeager. I mean, sick fucking name, right? Yeah, that's such a fucking great name. Yeah. Um, Moose Jaw Warriors. Yeah, not a bad little player. I, I, you know, a uh, little bit of a little bit of Daniel Budd and, and Zach Benson-esque. I mean, he's okay. kind of right in the middle of those two. I think he's got a little more offensive than Butt, Hence but That's why he's going around this time. Yep. 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 Cool. Good pick for them. Cool. 15, Nashville Predators pick up Matthew Wood. Yeah. Not, not a bad pick uh, come from the college ranks. I think they, they produce guys that are, you know, um, know how to bang a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think Matthew Wood kind of comes with a little bit of that, a little bit of sand that toughness, a little, a little sandpaper, but yeah. Um, yeah. A perfect, perfect spot for him. Cool. Cool. Yep. 16 Calgary Flames pick up Samuel Hanzik. Hanzik. This is, this is one I think was another kind of a reach. Okay. I think Sam Hanzik is, uh, I think he, he he's a good player. He's just he's kind of for me. He's kind of in that middle six realm. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so I, I think I think especially so Byron Bader of Dabber Prospects is actually a, a Calgary Flames fan. Mm-hmm. And so they, they wanted a little more, I think, uh, you know, as those fans. But, you know, he could he could he's got a big frame. He's six three. Um, you know, he could easily put a little weight on and, and be a, a, you know, a good complement to some of the higher skill players. Okay. So not a terrible pick, and I think they they went with some size here, um, and especially I, I'm sure they had Zach Benson on their board. Sure. Right. So as soon as Zach Benson was gone, they had to they felt like they had to do something. But um, yeah, no, I mean, not a bad pick. It's very similar uh, to oh, I keep saying pick twenty three. It's pick twenty for the Kraken. Very similar right. to to Chalet. Uh, big body. You know, he's got he's got some offensive talent. It's just going to be molding it. It's just going to be sure. You know, ironing it out maybe getting beat up a little bit yeah you gotta you gotta fight some people or something i don't know thank you all right pick 17 uh once again an iserman galaxy brain move detroit ribbons pick up axel sandine pecola palika palika yeah uh Um, yeah a lot of a lot of chatter around this guy right yeah uh i i honestly i i probably would have gone uh, Reinbacher and then probably Palika, to be honest okay. with you. Uh, so if I if I were to put together a D list, just kind of watching some film and stuff, um, yeah, he's just another SHL D. Okay. And so I, this is one I was kind of hoping he, he would also fall as soon as Willinder was gone. Um, those guys, I was kind of hoping he would fall to the Kraken, but yeah, I, I honestly, he was a hard one to project for a lot of the draft boards and stuff but in my buddy with all the other talent out there with a lot of talent and i and i get that but i think i think this is a this is a good addition for detroit Uh, and this honestly to me i really like palika but i think this makes up a little bit for the danielson pick yeah is this fits a need for detroit he was the best player available in my opinion at this point so i i don't i don't hate it I, i actually yeah i like it for detroit cool i like it too I, I I did my deep dive on him. He is uh, he's going to fit the system well. I uh, you know uh, is he is he? It's sad that at, at this point now we're all comparing him to Moritz Cider. Right. Um, is he Moritz Cider? No, no, he's a but, little, littler guy. Yeah, but he can help out, and that's what Detroit has needed for a while. You know, as long as Ben Sherat Shiro Sherat Sherat yeah. is on our roster. Honestly, I just I think so lowly of the guy. Um, as long as he's on the team, I think that we've got problems. But uh, at least he's on a third line role now. Uh, yeah, it's I think it's it, he's gonna he'll be there in probably two three years. Yeah, I would say so. They'll they'll probably cook him in the AHL a little bit. Yeah. 100%. All right. Um, Eighteen Winnipeg Jets Colby Barlow. Yeah, uh, just a big power forward. So I I mean. I think there was there was some higher skill still on the board, but I you know Winnipeg decided they needed a little bit of bang. It's gonna be the next one. So uh, Chicago, a lot like people were praising this pick. Oliver Moore dropping to nineteen. Chicago picks him up. Um, they were saying that this was just an absolute fucking steal at nineteen, and Moore is like an under like one of the pure goals. Like his problem is is that he doesn't have much dimension. Like there's no other. He's just a goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oliver Moore is a guy you like. They got their number one and number two center in this draft. Yep. So you just stick. You know, you can bring in guys in free agency that you can put on the wings with with Moore, and you know, he's gonna he's more defensive, but 
those two guys can go as long as they're okay defensively, right? So I, it, this this was a good pick. Well, for Bedard that. can do everything. So yeah, but you basically you send that line out, they go score the goals, and then you put more and whoever he's lined up with to kind of play defense against the first line. So oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't mind the more pick. I don't know if it was necessarily a steal. I think people are super high on him. Uh, I think you know, I think he's 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 definitely you know he was kind of second fiddle on that. Uh, and on, TDP team, so it's a little hard, but... Okay. I, I just know, like, looking at, like, you know, re- draft recaps and whatnot, people were rating, obviously, Chicago pretty high on this because of Adard, but they were saying that Oliver Moore is a solid second pick. Yeah. Uh, no, I I I agree. I think he's... I don't know. I don't have really have a good comparison for him because he is a second-line center. Like, sure. that's where that's where he will yeah. fit yep. at the top of his thing, but... Yep. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's... um. We, we can round it out here with the Seattle Kraken at 20. Because okay, I don't really – unless unless there's somebody after 20 that you care about. Uh, let's do Kraken, and then I'll, I'll just kind of jump to a few. Okay, cool. So Seattle Kraken with their first and only first-round pick. Pick up Edward Chalet, yep. spelled S-A-L-E. Tell me a little bit about this guy. Yeah, tall, gangly dude. Um, had an okay year. I think he, you know – Francis is so good at drafting, right? So they, they see the potential in this guy. This is his strength. This is Francis's strength. This is his strength, exactly. So I think he, he, he almost gives me a little bit of Tolvanen. Uh, probably okay. a lower, probably a lower ceiling than Tolvanen. So we're, we're we're talking like because Tolvanen, you know, in a perfect world could be on a second line. Agreed. Whereas we're, you're thinking this guy's a third or probably a third third line guy that yeah. you know has the size but can put the puck in the back of the net when nice. called upon uh so really not a bad pick i think there high, was a f- high ceiling what 20 25 goals yeah yeah more 15 20 yeah 15 20 probably okay. but it just it really depends how he develops yeah because he's got this size and and stuff like that but just didn't light the the check league up sure. which you'd like to see from this draft right when you're going over guys like gabe perot you know you want to see them really really lighten it up uh he just didn't do that but you know, developing him and things like that. He's he's a big boy, so yeah. I did see one, and I want to I want to point this out. There was another Kraken podcast that uh, I think it was a joke. I I commented on it and didn't get any any response for it, but uh, they basically you know had a picture of him and then a picture of Yager, oh. and said like the last time a kid from the check was taken, um, or you know this high or whatever, sure. and he's. He's not going to get anywhere close to that. But I just, I, you know, I thought it was funny. I just, I mean, we can only hope, right? I mean, sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, best it's, case scenario, he turns into a first-line guy and the other two guys are good on his line. Right? Sure. Um, so. with, with, to be completely honest, and it's, it's a credit to Francis's strength and, and the roster that he's built right now, I don't know if this kid ever sees the show. Yeah, I'm with you. Not on this team. Yeah. I think I think there was other needs that they had. I really wanted a D. I the think Kraken, that's Kraken are just so deep, and there is a log jam behind 100%. a deep roster. Like there's a, like the like the people are, were like as of daily faceoff, and I'm staring at this. Like they've got Kyler Yamamoto penciled into the fourth line. Yamamoto's not a fourth liner, but I, I look at this and I go, God, it's really hard to move him up. Yeah, because this is an incredibly deep team with really talented players. Uh, you know, Pierre, Edward, Belmar skating with Yamamoto and Tanev. Is that a fine fourth line? Sure. Yamamoto is going to get boxed out a little bit. He's not going to be in his element. 
Um, but like for him. But even if any of those guys box out, like if they don't make the roster, there's two to three guys in Coachella that are ready to take their spot. Yeah. yeah. Like Ty the, Nelson, man. I mean, yeah. there's just yeah. Um, Ty Nelson, you got to find a spot for Shane Wright soon. Yeah, Cartier um, for sure. Cartier you know. for sure. The other and then the other guy, um, I Evans, Riker Evans. Yes. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I uh, Hayes. Yeah. Yeah. Where the fuck are you gonna put Hayes? I, yeah. You don't like right now. You can't. There is nothing. Yeah. So I just I, they they definitely went they went you know in their on their list they went best play, player available. I think Gabe sure. Perot is a better player, but. You know, for their list, they went best player we could, available. We could see him. We could see him in the AHL in a year or two. Sure, I mean, he could. He could be a very serviceable AHLer. You know, or or he could, and then pop into you know fourth, sure. third line stuff for. We're just gonna. Yeah, I mean, but. barring massive injuries, I just don't know if he's got. I'm. Not, it's it's not a reflection on him. It's just the talent that's on this team. We're just so deep. Yeah. You know, it's hard for him to get a roster spot right now unless he truly outplays one of these guys, which, you know. Does Tanev maybe fall off a little bit? Maybe uh, Belmar is definitely you know not long for this team. Yamamoto, yeah. we'd like to be optimistic on, but probably not. Right. Um, but those are all fourth line guys. You know, yep. Tolvanen's not going anywhere. Gord's not going anywhere. Bjorkstrand's not going anywhere. I'm not even going to talk about the guys above them because they're not going anywhere. Right. Beniers, Berikovsky, there's just oh, no way. God, Beniers is going to his his jersey's getting retired. You know. Yeah. So. Yep. It's just not going to happen. All right, who else do you got on this uh, first round list? Yeah, let me let me touch on a couple here. Yep. Uh, Oliver B, Oliver Bonk. I think that would have been a better pick in the, for the Kraken, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, that's he went to Philly. Uh, Gabe Perot was the best player on the board still when the Kraken made their pick. And he went to the New York Rangers. I think that was a very good pick for the Rangers. Uh, Gabe Perot could be better than Lafreniere. Wow! In, in a couple years. Well, um, at this moment, that's not. Hard. Yeah, it's not hard to do. Um, so really like that pick for the Rangers. A guy that I also, if they didn't go D, I wanted to see them add a little bit of size and nasty. Uh, Quentin Musty went to the Sharks, so actually a good pick by the Sharks. I think Quentin, Quentin Musty would have fit, you know, you could have put him onto the Kraken roster just because of his bang. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I was hoping they would do that, but it went to the Sharks. Uh, let's see. And then and then rounding it out, for Colorado to get Mikhail Guliyev, that's, that's another guy that I had on my list for the Kraken at D. Uh, yeah. kind of a smaller guy, but to go to Colorado, I mean, he's basically, um, who's the really short guy that they got from, uh, Nashville on the back end. Oh, um, you know what I'm talking about? I, yeah, but I can't think of his name either. Yeah. Um, Anyways. Yeah. I'll pull it up. Go yeah. ahead. Keep talking. Yeah. Pretty much very similar to that, but, uh, really good pick for Colorado. It's just hilarious that they had someone like that at pick 31 where it's like, well, well, you know. Fuck, you know how do you how do you have that kind of season and and win a cup a year ago and now you're picking another player that probably should have been picked ten picks earlier. Sure, right. So it's just uh, yeah, master class by Colorado. So, but yeah, that'll round it out. That's good. Glad. So uh, overall, not necessarily the most exciting draft that we've had in a while. Yeah, but but that was because this is a very deep draft and there like the cutoff of talent was very very deep. Yeah. Like we're you probably get into what the mid second round before you're going like all right this was clearly just an AHL pickup. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think there's guys you know at the upper 10, 15, 20 of the second round that you could if you told me in five years that they made the NHL and they were making a difference, I would be surprised. Sure. Well, I so. mean, like you know, it, it uh, Chalet. If Chalet was on 
the Blackhawks, he'd probably play in a he'd year probably, or two. Yeah, he'd probably. I mean, they need players, so he yeah. could potentially play next year. Right. So you know. there is that. So, but it's but with the Kraken, like you know, their strength with their strength is awesome. But the problem is, is that you know, you got new prospects. We've got a log jam of fucking people that make that team. So. Yep. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. All right, yep. so anything else on the draft that you wanted to throw in there? Uh, not really. I, I think, I think um, unfortunately, San Jose was one of the winners. Obviously, Chicago's going to win because they took Bedard. Yep. Um, but, and then, you know, Columbus Columbus got Brindley in the second round, early second round, so that's another winner. So, yeah. Who's your, who's your loser of the draft? Who's my loser of the draft? Um... Somebody who didn't pick first round. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you didn't have a pick in the first round, you're a fucking loser. Yeah, so, sounds yep. about right. Yep. Bad draft to give up uh, a, a first round draft pick. Yeah, it's just too stacked, man. Nuts. All right, let's move on. We've got a little bit of uh, news here to touch on before we we sign off. But uh, Taylor, we've got an ad to read. Sure do. What do we got? We are talking about DraftKings Sportsbook today. Hell yeah. Yeah, we are. Never heard this before. Uh, new customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinem.org. In New York, call 877-H8. H-O-P-N-Y, or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. In West Virginia, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casinos and Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required max bet of $50. 10 plus leg required for one... 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.com or sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. All right. Well, I love how we don't list any of the, the state. Like, if you if you just live in the Pacific Northwest and you need gambling help, just fucking get over it. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Just text us. We'll help you. We'll, we'll make it not a problem anymore. That's right. We'll text you some winners or something. That's correct. There we go. All right. Uh, to round out the show here, uh, we, we hit on most of the, the trades and all the other outside draft action in the last episode and jump back and listen to that. Uh, the big thing we'll end on, uh, I, I, and I'm, I guess I guess we could talk about it, you sure. know, uh, the, the Red Wings made a trade. Sure did. Uh, uh, Taylor, do you have those details up in front of you here? Not right now, but I'm okay, pulling I'll, it up I'll, now. I'll stall while you do that. Uh, Alex DeBrincat. Uh, a, basically a Detroit native. I understand a Detroit person would probably be upset with me because the town he's from is actually like a suburb of Detroit. But mm. for all intents and purposes, he's a Detroit kid. Uh, Michigan, in Ottawa, he made it very clear whether it was him saying it himself or having it leaked into the ether that he wanted to go home. He wanted to go to Detroit, and he was willing to take a hometown discount to do it. Um, 
both sides, Ottawa and Detroit, knew this, uh, and it worked out better for Iserman than it did for Ottawa. Kind of puts Ottawa in a tough position because they know that not only do they need to get rid of him because he's not going to re-sign, uh, he wants to go to only one team, and they can't send him anywhere else because he won't make he won't re-sign anywhere else. So Iserman knew that the ball was in his court, um, was still fairly generous, and and gave up a decent package, but. Alex DeBrincat, bona fide forty goal scorer, comes to the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, well, yeah, tell read me read us uh, the return there. Uh, the return to Ottawa: Dominic Kubalik, uh, defenseman Donovan Sabrango, a yep. conditional twenty twenty four first round pick and a twenty twenty four fourth round pick to Ottawa. I believe the condition on that is just determining which team it is. I think it's like Boston or so. It's it, Detroit else. can Detroit can choose to send their own or they can send Boston's. There you go. Yeah. Which it's going to just depend on who's worse. Yeah. Um, which a lot of question marks. Maybe next episode we can hit on the question marks surrounding Boston. That's interesting. Sure. Um, but this one, yeah. So uh, Dominic Kubelik, young, talented winger. I uh, hate to see him go. Uh, I Honestly, I think underrated guy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think on a, on a good team with some support, Dominic Kubelik is a bona fide 20 to 25 goal scorer. Um, maybe 30 if he was you know, having a, an amazing stellar year, uh, but more, more in the 20 range, uh, Dominic Kubelik, I hate to see him go, but, uh, you know, you got to You got to send something back and he wasn't going to resign most likely. So, um, not losing too much there. Uh, Sabringo, is that when I'm pronouncing that correctly? It sounds right. Okay. Sabringo, Sabringo is actually a pretty promising prospect that we had. Um, but Detroit's pipeline is so fucking stacked right now. Like we, you know, if you did this trade four years ago, Red Wings fans are, would be going, what the fuck are you doing? Um, at the moment, the pipeline is just so fucking deep for this team. So yeah. it's th- this is he, he is a genuine good prospect. Um, he honestly will probably make the Ottawa roster in probably three years. God, I, would ha- I, 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 I would, yeah, I'd have to probably look at Ottawa's roster, but I would, yeah, two years is probably a, a very safe bet. Um, He's pretty good. He's he's pretty good. Really, really promising prospect that that will will make that team better. Yeah. Um, the first round pick, uh, you know, Ottawa's just building them up. Not a huge deal for the Red Wings because we've you know for the last seven years we've been drafting. You know, they, yeah. it's we, yeah, we finally it's have. It's it's time to develop, not yeah. time to to add more more pieces to the cupboard. Uh, so you know, giving up one of our two first round picks is not that big a deal. And if it is Boston and Boston's good again, then it's a it's a shitty pick. You know, yeah, yeah. the late first, so not a huge deal. All, all, and I think so. In terms of losing, basically nothing, and then gaining not only a forty goal scorer, but a guy who wants to be there, takes a home down discount and signs an absolute steal of a deal. Like and this a goal scorer, dude. This could, could they? Uh, yeah, man. This could not have been a better like Galaxy. It, I was. I was look, we can get into the Red Wings as offseason moves. We'll, we'll put it this way. After their free agency signings, I was really starting to doubt Iserman. Mm-hmm. Um, my fir- my first pangs of doubt of the Iser plan were coming into fruition because I was like, God, just another year of spinning our fucking wheels. This is not that this is a step in the right direction. When you sign so to bring cat, I think he's got one year left and then he resigned for another four. So five, maybe I can be mm-hmm. wrong on that. Mm-hmm. It's other four or five years total. Um, guy's going to be 30 by the time he becomes a UFA. And if he's playing well, he's obviously going to resign. So 
Um, but this is this is uh, four years, so you're getting you're getting prime Alex DeBrincat years, twenty five to thirty years old, at just under eight million. Boy, what a fucking steal, right? What a what a steal. I mean, but he he had to make this move in order to talk some of the fucking Red Wings fans off the ledge. It's true. So uh, you, yeah, you really UFA was not good for the Red Wings, uh, it, in my it personal opinion. Uh, it wasn't. You can look at, well, we just dive into it real quick. Um, looking at it, you signed JT Comper. JT Comper is a fine, adequate, reliable hockey player. Sure. A, in a perfect world, he's a third-line center, can play second-line minutes. I think he showed that when he had to step up in Colorado. Yep, there you go. Um, they've got him slated for the second. I, I'm I honestly very curious about how these lines are going to shake out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they've got – so they also signed Daniel Sprong. I – you and I, we watched Sprong last year with the Kraken. I think Sprong is underrated, and he sees top six minutes. Agreed. To be honest, uh, he finally gets he'll finally get some some time up there. Um, yeah, Comfort's fine. It's Sprong is fine. He has a high upside. Uh, Clem Costin is a fourth line plug. You know, it's sure. it's not that it's a big fucking deal. Um, Christian Fisher comes in. You know, he's there for leadership, locker room guy. Um, and he'll be bouncing back and forth on and off the roster. So just just a guy to you know sure up the numbers if there if there's no young guys that are ready to step up. Uh, the biggest uh, the two things were you got Shane Gostisbehere and Justin Hall on the back end. Uh, I love the Gostisbehere signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a pretty solid signing for the day. I I like this probably more than any of the others that they did, um, including Sprong. And I like Sprong. I think he has a high upside if he gets the minutes that he needs. Yeah. Um, I think Shane Goss's bear is completely underrated because what well, he got his start out in Philly, right? Yep. Yeah. I, I, it was, it's kind of the thing of Provorov. Like they just rated him way too high. You know, if you, if you put too many minutes on a guy, that's just not ready for it. I, I think Shane Goss's bear is a perfect second line defenseman. And that's exactly where he's going to be here. And I think he's going to thrive. I think he's going to do quite well. Uh, Justin hole is a black hole. I think you see Ben Sherrod on that second. I and and that also upsets me greatly. Yeah, sure. Like that is Ben Shira and Justin Hole are in theory big bodies that are hard to play against, and that's just not what Shiro Shira has been an absolute fucking disaster. Like mm-hmm. he is a waste of roster space and time. You you can hope that he had just an off year, but god damn, he is. That was just such a terrible signing, and Hole, you know. I, talking to talking to looking at the Leafs chatter um you know obviously once he's off the team the 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 horrible vitriol of like wanting to murder his family goes away Mm -hmm. but god damn it man this guy like I've I've watched some of his replay this guy is just sometimes his hockey sense is non-existent yeah I think and I think that's why he fits on that third pairing I think Ben Sherratt as a big body you know more focused he can focus Solely on defense because yeah. Shane Spear has a 65 point season under his belt. He also has a 51 point season under his belt. Yeah, it's so it's I, just, I rate Ole Mata as a as a better defenseman than Justin Hull and Ben Chirot. That's how low I think of these guys. Yeah, but you can't. You, you gotta. I, I, I like what they've wrong. done here. You know, you, you gotta spread it Hull, out. Yeah, you can't put Hull and Chirot on the same line. I I get it. God, no. I'm just yeah. That would, oh God, that would be so terrible. Yeah. They'd get beat every time. Yeah. Literally every time they just blow past him on the blue line, it'd be breakaways all day. Fucking uh, Grabner's just sitting at his place in his home, just like, dude, let me back. <laughs> just let me back. I'll blow past these. I'll play D, dude. I'll play right. D. 
I'll still skate faster than them. Uh, yeah, but no. So you you add Alex to bring Cat. This is the first cornerstone piece of the team to start the rebuild. Like this is a, it's a new it's a new cornerstone for the Red Wings where you've got somebody who wants to play there and is going legitimately look. Is he going to score forty goals? Probably not. I would say there's probably like a twenty percent chance he does that. More than likely, I see Alex to Cat as a thirty goal scorer. Thirty to forty, man. But that's it's nothing to scoff at, though. Yeah, well, no, and a lot of Red Wings fans are actually pretty. They're, they're actually rating him lower. They're saying like, oh, he's going to have like a twenty-five to twenty-seven goal season. And they're like they're thinking twenty-five thirty, whereas I'm thinking thirty thirty-five. Yeah. Um, they're rating him a little lower. They're being a little more pessimistic, understandably so. If you're a Red Wings fan, dude, he um, had twenty-seven in sixty-six games last year. Yeah, and he was on a really bad Ottawa team. I mean, not a terrible Ottawa team, but like. You give him a full season, he's easily touching thirty. You give him, you give him Lucas Raymond passing him the fucking puck. Yeah. Get out of here, man. Yeah. You got Dylan Larkin, literally, you know, the Fantilli as we heard earlier from yeah. Dev. You know, it's just battling in the corners, working the fucking. It's just that's a perfect top line, dude. I think it's money. It. I my my low key hope here is not to bump Lucas Raymond. I just I think you give. You, you give this top line of Raymond, Larkin, and Debrinkat, you know, eight to ten games to see how it works. Sure. If it works, great, awesome. I'm not going to argue with it. But if if Raymond does if Raymond, if the sophomore slump wasn't a sophomore slump and Raymond is not what we were hoping he is, or he's just or he's just struggling on that line, you know, to keeping up with two bona fide NHLers. Mm-hmm. I love David Perron jumping off that line. Yeah, that's not a bad little move. I love David Perron jumping onto that line. I think that that works out quite well. Can I throw you another name? Hit me with it. I think I think a, a Debrinkat Larkin Sprong line wouldn't be bad. Mm-hmm. I could also see Robbie Fabry as just a fucking motor. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Fabry is underrated, and I think a lot of Red Wings fans are underrating him because they he was hurt for most of the time. Like yep. the guy's been hurt, but when he was playing, the guy can score. Guy can put up some numbers. He is he is a you know a dominant Kubalik type guy. Yeah, he's he's I would say he's good for twenty five goals in a totally healthy season where he's getting minutes. You're telling me Dylan Larkin and Alex Debrink can't can't make any of those three guys even better? Come on, man! And then you can spread it out, yeah, and I, that's why I like one of those guys from the third line moving up because you can have a Raymond yeah. and Perron and Comfort right, and, and yeah. that's a that's a completely competent second line. And I do like that they have like a hero on daily faceoff. They've got Comper ahead of Cop. I love that because that's I, I, it, that needs to happen. I would move Sprong up. Um, Bergeron probably goes down for me. I agree. Um, to take on that third line because that Fabry Cop Bergeron line isn't bad. It's a good um, line. That fourth line. I I honestly think that we see more of the young guys pop up. Mm. Um, like as we're you know we've got you got Soderblom waiting in their wings. Um, sure. like that guy. That guy's fucking. Up goddamn redwood man he's fucking massive um and what he was the that... what was the big ass line they had last year oh yeah um, rasmussen soderblom and soderblom yeah it was a that's a big fucking towering oh, line yeah fuck who, See, was I would... who was the third oh shit okay i'll think of it soderblom rasmussen and uh it's like the biggest league it was the biggest line in the league yes uh and, and, and it had been for like a while and the third and the third guy on that pairing was like the smallest one at like six two or something yeah yeah, yeah, something like that. I can't. I'd have to. I'd have to remember it. But no, um, definitely a line that is that commands respect, and I like that. 
know, yeah. Clem Costin is, I, I looked into a little bit fine. I'm not Christian Fisher. I don't think stays in this lineup very often. Yeah. Um, he'll, he'll bump back and forth, maybe mentor some guys in the AHL. Um, but there, in the problem, it's a good problem to have. There's too many good players waiting in the rings, in the wings for the Red Wings. There you go. You know, Cap, Casper. Yeah, Marco Casper. Okay, yeah. you've got you've got him waiting in the wings. You've got Soderblom. You've got, um, uh, and then the other guy that uh, Edvinson could come back on the defense. You know, defensive you've, side. Yeah, there are there's a lot of guys that could be knocking on the door for this team, uh, depending on. I, and I think it's just going to be you know, Iserman's a pragmatic person in the sense that he can he can read the room and know you know after ever red red wings fans are gonna it's gonna be a day that lives in or two games that live in infamy for quite a while those back-to-back ottawa games that basically they lost both of them six to two and it basically decided their season that was like the end of those those two games ended bertuzzi and heronic were gone because eiserman knew that this was not a team that could compete you move justin hole to the seventh defenseman move edvinson down to that third pairing it's a pretty good little decor I mean, it's going to be a hard pill to swallow for Eisenman to... But, well, okay, they'd bump Ali Mata, which would upset me because they're paying Sherratt too much, but God, sure. just fucking, he's useless. Um, uh, yeah, uh, so this is... I Honestly, this is a good step in the right direction. Uh, so two questions for you real quick as an outside Red Wings uh, follower. Uh, it was an interesting question. Between, Ra- say, Raymond Larkin and Debrinkat, in a mm-hmm. hypothetical world, played all 82 games with each other next year. Mm-hmm. Can the three of them combined hit 100 goals? I'm going to give Raymond 20 to 25, so I'll be on the low end, 20. I think okay. the Brinkat's going to hit 35, so you're 55. And then I think Larkin, Larkin's probably, you know, he's. I, I like Larkin. I think he's a great two-way center. So I'd, I'd put him at 30. So I think, I think you get up to 85. Okay. If my math's correct, yeah, I don't think they quite hit a hundred between them, but yeah, I you never know. I, I I would say like if you're be you know let's let's average it out. Let's say Debrin Cat puts up. I I I write him in as a solid thirty. Like I could okay. I can I can I'm very confident about thirty. Yeah. Okay. I'm not I'm not overly confident about forty. It can be done. Um, you know there there is I think there is some credence to the idea that he was skating with Patrick Kane. Sure. Um, one of the best playmakers in the game. Uh, so there is that. In fact, it's even kicked up rumors that if only there was like a Patrick Kane type player that could pass the puck to I him wish he was available, available right now. Yeah. yeah, if there was somebody like Patrick Kane that could pick him up and pass him the puck. Let's ask Patrick Kane if he knows anybody. Oh my God. Yeah. Fuck. I think Red Wings fans would vomit if Patrick Kane was in a Red Wings jersey. Real quick, I want to stop you yep. just, just as a thought. Uh, Larkin. 76 mm-hmm. games, 32 goals in 18-19. Okay. 71 games in 21-22 with 31. Uh, 80 games last year, 32 goals. Consistent 30-goal scorer, yeah. 30-goal scorer, right? I mean, it's a, he's a 30-goal scorer. Yeah, that's that's. I, I think you can safely pencil in Larkin for 30 goals again. Um, and I, I don't think his – I think his point total goes up. He's going to sure. be passing the puck a lot to Debrinkat. Fuck, yeah. Um, so I we'll see too. that. I think the wild card on on the question if they make a hundred is is Lucas Raymond or, yeah. and, and you know obviously that that's this is a hypothetical scenario. There's obviously not Lucas Raymond's going to skate thirty you know, eighty two games with them. It's going to be you know there'll be there'll be injuries and you know they'll move him around maybe to shake the shake things up. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I think you were really good. They won't they won't do what you just said with Robbie Fabry, but God, I wish they would. 
Yeah, that would be such a sick line. I mean, you could do Lucas Raymond with Perron, right? I mean, you yep. just you spread the spread the wealth around a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I think I think see Perron would just like no, he would not like that. that they definitely wouldn't hit a hundred goals if Perron was there. But like, I feel like Perron makes both Larkin and Debrink. Like, if Perron's on that line, Debrinkat hits forty goals. It's what he's done his whole career. He is yep. the third forward. Yep. That's just who he is, man. Yep. But he makes them. But he makes that line better. Yeah. In year line better, and he'll put up goals too. Yeah. In year one, Raymond had twenty three and eighty two games. Okay. Year two, in seventy four games, he had seventeen. Yeah. So I think you can easily say twenty goals. I think you could on a high end, you could say thirty, but you're still you're still under a hundred. With with skating with Larkin and Debrincat, if if it everything goes well, thirty goals is not out of the realm of possibility. Sure. Um, more likely twenty twenty five. Yeah, I agree. Twenty twenty five is good. Um, last, last question is, does this, oh, I guess we didn't talk on the goalie real quick. We can hit on that. Nothing really changes. Billy Huso stills there. Um, I think with better defense, Billy Huso is a, a very capable goalie. Um, and then James, James Reamer is there to, you know, pick up 10, 15 games. Sure. And that's, that's fine. James Reamer is a very capable backup yeah. at this, at this point in his career. Yeah. So do you think the Red Wings... We, 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 you asked me this last year, and I, and I confidently said that the Red Wings would make the playoffs, and they did not. Sure. They missed it by, by, well, okay, technically not by a hair. They missed it by quite a bit. But they, after those Ottawa games, they were right in it, and then they just kind of gave up. Sure. Uh, what do you think? I'll ask you. What do they, it, definitely a bubble team, right? I still don't love their D. No, I don't either. I think if Simon Edmondson can step in, and yes. that's why I do think he's going to step in at some point because he is better than fuck. Let's look at him again. He's better than Jake Wallman. He's better than Justin Hole. He's better than Olimata and Ben Chirot, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there's a very good chance he could step in and have a pretty decent season. So if that happens, then the D pair, you know, the D pairings get a lot better. I think I think a lot of it is going to bank on the fact that this team is now nine forwards deep. Yes. Right, and I, I do, and I do think that is very helpful. I think last year, even with as cop as your second line center, right, or uh-huh. you know, kind of, essentially, right, sure. uh, they just weren't as deep up front. But this Kopp's, team, I don't even think cop scored ten goals last year. And he, and I think that's a down year. I think he he will have a better season. I think he's a better player than he played last year. Uh, and same with Raymond. Know. Same with Raymond. I think yeah. Raymond is Raymond that's is a, a sophomore better slump. Whereas cop, like. You expect him to be a leader on that team and actually play well. Sure. And that motherfucker, I, I literally don't think he hit ten goals last year. Yeah. So, I, in my opinion, the East is the East is difficult to, and, and a lot of teams in the East got better. All right. So that's that makes it a little bit tricky. But I think I think worst case scenario, I think this is a this is a bubble wild card team, mm-hmm. and if you see some of these young guys, Lucas Raymond have a bounce back. You see Edvinson in the lineup. Uh, I think the goalie situation is still a little sketchy. I don't love Huso as much as as a lot of Red Wings fans. He's he's acceptable. He's acceptable. I think they could really afford. You know, uh, who's the kid that they have? They had a kid in the system. Casa, sick. Casa, man. Casa is a stud. Casa so gonna be a fucking. Stud. I think. Yep. I think. They're I think just, they're they're, pro- they're not rushing him. They don't want to yeah. rush him. Yeah. So I think they're still. I think they're still a year away. Even if they make the playoffs, it's kind of just get your feet wet, Raymond. Get your feet wet. Apparently, uh, apparently, Casas a, apparently, Casas a real head guy. So, like, mm. if he, you know, you throw him to the wolves and he immediately gets shelled in the red. And they're, I think, they're worried that if they put him on a rocky, you know, ship of a team, and he gets shelled, it yeah. will just ruin him. 
Well, you won't see him this year because no. I think I think there's still some question marks on this team. But I think at, as early as, as soon next as you year, signed James Reimer, you knew he wasn't coming up. That's right. That's right. So yeah, I'd, I'd call him a bubble team. I I I'm much more high on them this year. You and I kind of differed a little bit on the Red Wings last year. Sure. Um, I mean, I still had them squeaking in last year, and so they were close. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that this is a I mean, you can't add Alex to bring Cat and not be a better team. Nope. So. Nope. Yeah. I, I, I like think, uh, and we can, and we can kind of, and maybe in our next episode, we can kind of do a look at the league and give our thoughts. Um, we'll also, you know, hit on what we thought about the Kraken and how they're looking next episode. Um, yeah, we're, we're excited for our summer stuff. We're going to be calming down a little bit folks, but, uh, when we hit when we, we're going to be throwing out some episodes, maybe some specialty topics. So if you guys have any uh, suggestions or ideas on what specialty, we've already got a nice list going, but if you guys have any ideas, questions, comments on uh, special topics, let us know, and uh, we'll, 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 we'll put up some content for you. Cool. Cool. All right, everybody. I think that's it. Taylor, you got anything else? No, that's all I got. Perfect, everybody. All right, everyone, stay cool out there. Wear some sunscreen. It's hot out. Yeah, I got my fucking sunburn already right now. I can see that. You're very Yeah, good. I got toasted, man. <laughs> Whoosh. All right, everybody. Bye-bye.